You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand, in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And with me today, I have a good friend and good friend of our community and our show and a New York Times bestselling author of a great book called The 12 Week Year, Michael Winnington. Welcome, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great, Jim. How, uh, how are you doing, first of all? Good day for you. I'm doing good. You know, if you notice, audience, I'm uh, at my house. There's not a lot of furniture in here, but we are camping out in the house. And I thought I would do this episode uh, from the house. You might see dust back there. There uh, actually had to turn away a couple of workers a few minutes ago for 30 minutes to record. But uh, we'll get them back in here, getting this house back to ship shape. So uh, we are recovering. And recovery is a slow process, but it's uh, step by step. And we're making progress. So thank you for asking. How's things in Kentucky? Well, we had we had a um, almost hurricane force winds. I mean, you wow. guys would probably just call it a light breeze. But up here was seventy five mile an hour gust and sustained at sixty five. And you know, we lost some shingles that bent our our aluminum fence and stuff. Wow. And but I, you know, I thought, well, you know, no big deal. But we went down to, to Louisville, and there were there were light poles down and you know power poles down. There was no traffic lights in a ten square mile radius. Wow. It's just it was a mess. And I, I uh, you know. I'm just really thankful that nothing worse happened to us than a couple of shingles and a you know a couple of things off our deck. Yeah, yeah. No, other than that, we're doing great. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, let's dive in. What I really there's a few things that we're going to talk about today, but one of the things I wanted to just start out, you know, like people they become um, aware that there's a problem, right? And they and they realize that saving up a big lump sum of money that somebody manages and, and takes a piece of forever and ever and ever until you have this large, your nest egg is large enough and then living off of it for the rest of your life. Spending your whole life building that, your whole working life, is really not the answer, right? They figure out that they need to buy assets that are going to uh, provide income so that they don't have to exchange time for money. And they come up with this plan and this vision Right, which is I love the way that the, that the twelve week year field guide starts because it starts with vision, and you know if you don't have that vision, then you don't know where you're going. But that's the first step, right? Is now we got to get on the highway. We hit the GPS. We know where we're going, and we're flying along at maybe faster than we should. But down here in Florida, we drive around ninety to one hundred. And we think that's slow here in Kentucky. Is that slow? Okay. So then, you know, do I go right or left or do I stay straight and I make the wrong turn? What happens? But like, let's talk about that vision and the resistance that we hit and all of that. And what do we do about it? Right. And how do we make sure that we're getting there? Yeah, that's a great point. I think, you know, when we, we, 
talk about our execution system, um, whether it's short cycle or 12 week year, uh, we start with some fundamental pieces, one of which is vision, right? Having a vision of the future that represents something that's meaningful to you. And we have a purpose behind that vision. Um, you know, we're a little bit more technical with it. Other people, you know, it's more creative and, and let's, you know, do flowery stuff on the wall, which is great because it's whatever connects for you. But we have three purposes for vision. One is that it gives us an emotional connection to something in the future, something we really, really want. So as you were talking about, I would love to have time and financial freedom in my life. That's something that I can have an emotional connection to right away. It, and it's emotions important because work is hard and I want to have some reason to do the work. Most of us, most of us need that carrot kind of, so we'll, we'll pull the cart kind of thing. And, and that's what vision provides is that emotional connection to some future state that that's worth living. The second thing we want to do is we want to have a, a direction. So, you know, if we plan in shorter cycles, which is what we do at the 12 week year, um, you have to have a consistency between 12 week year to 12 week year to 12 week year. You can't just popcorn around because you're not going to make progress. So you want to have some direction. And so vision's got to provide that direction. And then the third thing, and probably the more subtle thing is a vision needs to scare you. Um, needs to be, needs to be something that you don't necessarily think that you're going to be able to do, because if you think you can do it and you kind of have this a belief that it's accomplishable, then you're, you're not really stretching yourself. Your vision should scare you a little bit. Your amygdala should fire up and say, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit uncertain about how to do this. And you feel a spike of fear. That's a pretty good vision because it's going to push back the boundaries upon, you know, that you've set up on yourself in terms of what you think you're capable of. And you want to push past that because if you never do that, you'll never accomplish it. So those are the three things we want a vision to do. And then, and then that's a thinking exercise. There's no action in that. You're just kind of creating a vision. It's all in your head. Um, maybe there's an emotional part to it, but, and then you build out a, a tactical plan. So that's in a sense, it's a roadmap to your vision, right? So I set a 12 week goal that represents the progress. I want to make towards my vision. And then I build out the tactics that need to happen. So I want to sort of set that background and that's all thinking, right? And we, we when we're in those two stages, it's all uninformed optimism. I'm all excited. I see all the benefits. You know, I, I can see myself sitting on the beach, you know, drinking a beer, not a care in the world. Money's money's taken care of. You know, if I want to go to Italy, I'll go to Italy. If I want to, you know, go do take a trip somewhere or do whatever I want to do. It's, it's, it's up to me because I have, I have the ability to do that. It's life is great. Well, that's, that's great. But the problem is, is that there's a lot of steps between here and that future. So that, that process of, of moving from where you are to where you want to be requires resistance. You got to be able to push through barriers and, and sidetracks and things like that. So when we get sidetracked, there's two ways to respond to that. Whenever we we hit a roadblock, we bump into something that's not not what we expected, or or we see something we wow, that's really exciting. I'm gonna get I'm gonna go off on this sidetrack here for a little bit uh, and chase something else, not my vision. Um, that's typically for two reasons. One is we get excited about something new, but the second thing is is that the work that we need to do to get to where we want to be, the disciplines we have to have in place to get to where we want to be, the the approach we've got to we've got to follow, the pattern in our plan. Um, is not as always as fun as chasing something new. So there's all these temptations on the on the road to the future, and I think that's where um, you know what you, what we do and what you guys do kind of inter, interweaves because um, I had a I had a finance prof and I'll come back to the point in a second, but I had a finance prof who um, wasn't a typical finance prof at Michigan. He was he basically said finance should never run a company. But he said it's the lubrication for what any company wants to do. It it lubricates your ability. If you can make better decisions, you can you can chase opportunities. You can do things more effectively, more efficiently if you have the financial resources in place to let you do that. And that's what you create for people. You create that that um, ability, that lubrication, if you will, to create the life you want to lead. 
because you build the financial asset in a way that lets people live the lives that they're capable of. And that's so powerful. Without that, without that financial ability, you're really hamstrung in terms of your, what you can accomplish. So coming back to your point though, and I and I, I um I'm a little verbose, so I apologize for that. No problem. No, <laughs> I love everything you're saying. Is that we all are going to encounter those sidetracks, those things that allure us off the main path the, or that that unexpectedly get in the way and we we, we take a move, a hurricane comes through, um, things happen and disrupt our lives, right? And so all those routines and all those processes that we have um, don't serve us well in a new environment. They kind of disappear. And it's easy at that moment to, to get drifting. And that's natural. It's, it's, it, you're going to encounter restrictions and, and, and um, barriers and resistance in, in your life uh, that you experience as you move towards goals. So framing that stuff so that you see it as just part of the journey. And then remembering that you've already got the discipline, you've got the roadmap that says, okay, here's what I need to do. Get back on that roadmap. Or as we were talking earlier, before we started the, the podcast is that, look, maybe you've gotten to a place that's a ways off where you intended to be right now. Maybe you need to reset that plan and, and now create a new plan from where you are now to get to your goal. But, but what we strongly push hard against, push back against is changing your goals and jumping around. Because if you don't maintain a consistent focus and, and direction, um, you can do a lot of stuff, but you're not making progress. So I guess that's my answer is it really get good at coming back fast. As soon as you notice the breakdown, as soon as you notice the detour, reset, get back on track with what you said was important to you in life. You know, it, for some reason, the analogy that comes to me is, is golf. No, that's probably because I play golf a lot. But, you know, Tiger Woods, one of the things they said that was so great about Tiger Woods is if he had a bad shot, he he forgot it right away. He didn't he didn't hold on to it and he would hit then he would hit a great shot. His goal is still the same. He's trying to get the ball onto the green and get a birdie. Right. And and what happens to average golfers is they hit a bad shot. They think, oh, my gosh, I'm so bad. I'm so horrible. They start putting all this negativity in their head, and they go to hit this next shot, and guess what happens? How do you have negativity in your head and get the next shot? I see the same thing with people that want something in life. Hey, I want to I build a real estate portfolio. The first real estate project they buy, they can't get financing or they can't something happens or the books don't look right. They, they meet resistance and they go, you know what? Real estate's hard. I, I mean, I don't want to do this. Maybe this isn't what I should do. And, and, uh, and then they don't know how to fight through it or their vision isn't strong enough and they're not committed enough to their vision to fight through that resistance. Maybe talk about that recovery and then how to fight through the mud and the, and the difficult part of it. Now, that's a great point. And so you said a lot there. And one of the things that jumped out to me as you were talking about that is, you know, we have this emotional cycle of change that we talk to people about. Now, change messy. It never follows the cycle exactly, but there's different emotional states you go through in a change. And the first stage is generally uninformed optimism which means you're really excited about something, right? I want to be a real estate mogul. That sounds great. Yeah. I look at all these guys that are on, on the, these infomercials and man, that's the life I want to live. And, and so I, I get excited about that and that's all possible, right? That's doable. But, but I discount the amount of change and work that I'm going to have to do to make it happen. And so 
um, as I as I walk that plan out, I hit this resistance we were talking about, and that can create this emotional thing. Like, okay, this is a lot harder than I thought. I didn't get to where I needed to be. I wasn't able to secure financing, and now all of a sudden, it's a mess in in a way. It, it's just the way the world reacted to what I did, but it, but I see it as a mess. And and we get to this point where people give up. That's it's we call it the valley of despair. But people give up and they go back and find some other new idea that's a lot of fun and easy to chase because I haven't invested anything into it yet. Um, and so what I do with that is I, I look at that and I say, it's a reframing of that, of that pressure. So if I can't get financing, if I can't, if I'm not able to find the properties I want, if I'm not able to, to pull off the deal, there's a competitor who outbids, whatever, um, there, that's a learning point. We call that productive tension because what it means is you're in the fray. You're going to experience that if you're in the fray. If you're, if you're trying to change, or you're trying to accomplish something meaningful, you're going to experience that fight. You're going to experience the fray. And, and it's noticing that and saying, okay, this is evidence I'm progressing. Because if I wasn't feeling this way, it means that I haven't done bupkis, yeah. right? But if I'm changing, I'm working, I'm, I should experience it. So it's reframing that and say, okay, this is, this, is, this is what's happened. Now what, right? So that happens. So what, now what? It's just an ability to let go of the, that and say, okay, I couldn't get financing. And, and like Tiger Woods, he doesn't, you don't, you don't say, okay, well, I'm really crappy at getting finance. You say, okay, well, that didn't work. This next shot at it, though, I'm going to do it this way so that I can accomplish what I want to accomplish. And it's just being willing to learn and get better because, you know, there's always always going to be resistance. And and we know that in certain areas of our lives, but we seem to ignore it in, in, in things that we're, we're, we're chasing that are really important, like, like building a real estate business or, or things like that. It's, it's like, oh, I guess I can't do that. It's, that's not for me. I can see other people doing it. I can't do it. You know, so. I, I, I love what you said there too. And, you know, okay. So let's say Tiger Woods tries to hit a shot and he can't hit it or doesn't hit it or there's too much pressure or just doesn't work out. Right. I mean, he hits, a, uh, you know, a tree um, uh, root or something you didn't see, you know, um, that happens. But the reason that he has confidence to make that shot is his preparation, right? And and so we sometimes think we could just go out and buy a business, buy real estate and, and not, and not uh, prepare. But how does Tiger Woods prepare? He has a coach and then the coach says, Hey, I think you're just doing this a little bit. You know, I mean, even Tiger Woods has a coach, right? Even Tiger Woods has somebody watching what he's doing because we're not, it's also funny. Let's use another golf analogy. And I have a friend that I play golf with a lot that I won't mention his name. Okay. But when he hits a <laughs> ball that goes out of bounds, he will think his ball is 50 yards ahead. And if somebody else hits the ball out of bounds, he thinks it's 50 yards behind where it actually went. Now, that's his perception. We all have perceptions of life, right? Well, we need somebody to say, no, I saw the ball go out this way. I have no emotional attachment to it uh, and, and help us, right? So it's, it's, those, it's putting those people in your life, whether it's peers, whether it's a coach, whether it's a guide, uh, whatever it is, or systems that can do that too. So talk about how you bring all of that together. I love that. So, um, you know, one of the things I'd argue is that the biggest barriers are not external barriers. The biggest barriers are between your ears. 
and your own beliefs about um, how the world works. Because I ask people the question, is the belief that your beliefs are true, true? And if we, by definition, if there are beliefs, we believe them to be true. But the challenge is we don't think about some of those 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 beliefs in a, in a critical way. We just assume them to be true. But if they're not functional, they don't operate in the real world, they're a barrier, right? And it, it it's a it's difficult though to dig into our own thinking. We're unconscious of most of our beliefs at any given point in time. And so, you know, we we walk around, all of our results are created by our thinking, but but we're unconscious of most of our thinking. And so we're less effective than we need to be in life because we we have this unquestioned belief system. And and some beliefs are true, by the way. I'm not saying that all your beliefs are not true. I'm saying that some of them though probably aren't. And uh, having a coach, it really allows you to hear other people's perspective and they can see things in the way you're putting your logic together. They can see things in the way that you, you um, solve problems that you don't see. And um, they can see, they can see things that you do because you have an emotional connection to being right or, or some other, other behavior. And they're really helpful because the best coaches are going to piss you off, right? Mm -hmm. The best coaches are going to get you a little bit angry, frustrated, because they're going to talk to you about the stuff that you really don't want to talk to about yourself. But without that, you're stuck. And so until you can overcome those mental barriers, you're, you're, you're going to be, you have a set point in terms of where you can become, you know, get to in life. And, um, I never, when I was a kid, um, I hated public speaking. I was extremely shy. Um, didn't like, didn't like to be in front of groups, uh, things like that. And I remember when we, you know, when those, those introduction circles where there's a big room and everybody's introducing themselves yeah. and I'm not listening to anybody's name. And it comes to, and all I'm thinking about is what am I going to say, right? And then I spit something out and I don't know anybody that just introduced themselves. Um, so I couldn't even introduce myself to a group of people. And now I can get up in front of 1,000, 1,500 people and give a speech and not even have much preparation. The, the, my audience may not like it, but I'm comfortable doing it, right? And I think that's something that I had to break through. Otherwise, I never would have written a book. I never would have had the life I'm leading. I just those beliefs about ourselves that that keep us stuck. Now, some of them are a lot more subtle than that. And, and that's where a coach comes in because a lot of times um, a coach can help confront the things that we kind of already know but aren't willing to admit to ourselves that are really powerful to learn and get better at. So yeah, strongly like that. Um, so the head barriers are the big thing. And um, I, I forget the second part of your question, but I think I think that's that's a key of of really challenging your own thinking. Um, I, you know that that piece is critical. I love that. You know, when um, I coach football, baseball, wrestling, and teaching, understanding what a what a kid can and can't do right? What they're really good at, putting them in the position to have success, but then also keeping them out of position where they're going to have failure. I mean, when you know they just can't do it, right? But, you know, I think that, um, I think that's a key for, uh, for coaches uh, to do that. The one thing that I also think is that, um, you know, Michael, um, I have a 14-year-old granddaughter that lives with me, uh, Riley, who's uh, uh, she's got the golden ticket, I always tell her, because <laughs> she's yeah. she's uh, getting me after three waves of children. So I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm a mediocre parent now. I was not a great parent in the beginning, but uh, <laughs> we've been watching this show and it's, and it's about, I don't know what it's called, special forces or something. But it's these celebrities and athletes, and I think there were 16 of them that started. I mean, Olympic uh, ice skaters, which are really, really great athletes and tough as nails, um, NBA players, okay. Major League Baseball players, um, all of these past champions, right? 
and they're going through this special forces training and uh, it's psychological, it's physical, it's all these different things. Okay. So at the beginning, all these great athletes, maybe a couple of celebrities. And then there's one woman who her claim to fame is she was on the bachelorette. She was the bachelorette, right? And I can't remember her name, mm -hmm. but she's smiling all the time and everything. And if you would have let me vote, I would have said, no chance that this girl is going to be, this woman is going to be here at the end, right? She's tough as nails. Mm -hmm. She is tough as nails. Physically, psychologically, just emotionally. Like, and, and, and here's the thing that impresses me. When there's fear, she goes, oh, man, I'm afraid of that. I am scared to death. And then she pushes through anyway. More than the professional athlete, more than the big, burly Major League Baseball player, NFL players, these are all ex-athletes. More than they could do, this woman faces her fears and overcomes them. And I am so impressed with this, this, uh, the strength to do that because I, I'd like to think that I'm good at that, but I mean, I'm not sure I'm as good as she is. Well, yeah, I mean, fear is a big barrier for a lot of people. It's the fear of speaking. The you know, people say that that's a bigger fear for people than dying. I think that's probably true until you get close to dying, and then it probably flips for you. But yeah, um, that that whole thought about fear, and um, there's a great book. I don't want to forget to mention this. It's called "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway," um, because we're all going to be afraid. We're all going to be, you know, their fear is a natural. It keeps you out of trouble. I mean, if it wasn't for fear, I'd probably be dead by now. Yes, but. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's fear that's productive and fear that's unproductive. Um, and so where, where I go with that is that, that, that book, I think it's by Susan Jeffers is her name, but feel the fear and do it anyway. It kind of encapsulates what you're talking about. And I, th I think that's interesting because you talked about your, the expectations for people, right? We, we have expectations for others, even of, of ourselves, but the other piece right now is what we're talking about. And, and this woman who was on the bachelorette, um, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things that I would have put her in a box too, right? Okay. Not going to make it. Okay. This is the real world. This isn't going to be like that. And, but, but she is really good at, at encountering fear. We, but I wouldn't have known that. Right. So we sometimes discount other people based upon, um, our expectations for what they're capable of. And so I'm going to, I'm going to call up on another, um, sports uh, figure that you may have heard of. It's Tom Brady. Um, I'm a big Michigan fan. And when right. he was at Michigan, I used to watch the games, all of them that I could watch. And I thought he was a great quarterback, but we recruited in this golden guy. Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, Drew Henson, Drew Henson. And he was a five-star quarterback and he was the local guy from Michigan. He's just, everybody loved him. He's going to be the best quarterback ever. And, um, and so he and Brady were playing against each other and he was talented. He was talented, but Brady was better as a quarterback. He just knew what to do, but because Brady couldn't throw it quite as far, wasn't quite as fast. I mean, you know, he's slower than me probably. Um, and, he, everybody just discounted him. So when the when the draft, but he was great. I mean, if you watch his games, there's no doubt the guy was great. But he, but even the head head coach Lloyd Carr discounted him because he wanted to start the other guy. Anyway, so he gets drafted. What what round it was? Six, yeah, round, six or like seven. That. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, and then he's the best quarterback that's ever played the game. Now you could say he's not the most. He doesn't have the most arm talent. He's not the fastest. He's he's clearly not the strongest. But um, he may be he may be the best thinking quarterback that's ever played the game because he's really good at, at seeing where we are in a game and knowing what to do. My point is, is that expectations of others 
um, sometimes are way off. And so if you are somebody who has a self-belief in yourself, whether your coach says you can do it or not, whether somebody else says you can do it, it's really important to stick with those beliefs and not buy into the narrative outside of yourself. If you believe you're capable of something, sometimes you just have to be the only fan you got and be willing to, to take those risks because you know that you can do it. Right. And, um, it just, it's just an interesting thought because it's, it's this, the limitations we put on ourselves are, are internal. External barriers are things are just problems we can solve. 90% of the time, they're just problems we can solve. The internal stuff though, if we never address it, we're stuck with it for life. And you know, that's, that's such a powerful thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that person that was breaking through and, and, and beating the, uh, the other ones you expected to beat because you know, we're all capable of stuff. We're all capable of great stuff. And we just have to believe that we can do it. And, and most of the time it, it, it comes true. But as adults, I mean, there's so much into this because you you, you want to learn new stuff and learn how to behave differently as an adult. You can do it, but you got to own it. You've got to work hard at it. As a kid, it comes easy. As an adult, it takes some effort and it takes some perseverance, but you can do pretty much anything. I mean, I'm, I'm a strong believer that we see those wrestlers with, without limbs and, and they're wrestling in college. Yeah. Just, you know, there's, there's, there's stuff that's possible that you don't even imagine. You know, you, you, you know, as much as it pains me being a Raider fan, Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever to play the game, regardless of, you know, Jeff George had one of the strongest arms that ever, uh, ever they ever tested in the combine, but he had a two cent head, right? I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. Million dollar arm, 10 yeah. cent, 10 and, cent brain. And yeah. so like, who cares how strong your arm is? Can you get the ball to the player? And Tom Brady can do that. Aaron Rodgers can do that. They can make throws that you just think, mm-hmm. think nobody else can make. Right. And they know where they're going to be and they have faith in that. But you know, the one thing that I think that everybody sitting out there says, but I don't believe that I can overcome that. I don't believe that I'm great. I don't think that. But but I want to the, the the people that are saying that Michael and I want you to elaborate on this is the one thing about Tom Brady or Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or they worked harder. Tom Brady had Tom House, who's a pitching coach, right, help him throw a football better. Now yeah. you're thinking outside the box and you're working your ass off. He was already Tom Brady, right? He was already, he had already won five or six Super Bowls. But he's he's thinking outside the box and trying to get better because the harder you work, the more confident you get. And the more confidence you have, the more you can break through those fears and break through that resistance. And maybe let's bring that all together as we wrap that up, Michael. Yeah, I think I think that that's... Um... A, a profound insight and and it's it's not um it's not what most people realize that they think that there's a so if i if i meet a guy with a boatload of money right a lot of times people are going to think well that you know he inherited it he doesn't deserve it didn't work for it it ain't easy to make a billion dollars it's just it's not easy there's a lot of work involved there's a lot of a lot of time um you have to spend doing what you do i mean you think about musk and when he was starting um, uh, Saturn, not Saturn, um, Tesla, like in Tesla, geez, I don't know why I said Saturn. Um, but anyway, because he's probably going to take a rocket to Saturn. But when he was, when he started Tesla, he was sleeping in his office. He, he, he was there all the time and he, he willed that company to become what it is today. There's a lot of work. And I think, I think that's what most people don't want to hear, yeah. right? That, that you're capable of anything 
potentially not everything. I mean, I can't be the Sultan of Brunei, but, but most things I can, I can become. And, and if you work towards it, right, if you do the work, do the work, do the work. And, and the problem is the work seems difficult. The only thing I know that really helps to get through the work is to reframe the work and see it in the context of your purpose, see it in the context of, of your personal mission, see it in the context of your vision, what's most your values, what's most important to you so that the work doesn't feel onerous and difficult. It becomes, it becomes the way that you get things done. I was watching a video of, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the guys that the, the weightlifter, um, I'll be back. Guy. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So he, he was talking about, I would go to the gym and I'm doing these reps and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm smiling yeah. and everybody else has got these, it looks disgusting. He says, because I enjoy, I knew that was what was making me what I wanted to be. And it's just being able to front end the work and understand, man, this is in front of, in front of the benefit and, and, and just see that the work is the path and it's easier. Now, do I do that all the time? No. I don't, you know, there's probably areas of Tom's life and, and everybody else's life where they don't work that hard. But in general, though, if it's my craft and I work on it, I'm going to be successful. But you know what you said is also Tom had Belichick, right? Tom had Tom House. Mm -hmm. Is he was yeah. smart enough to bring in the people to help guide him and coach him to be the best he could be. But you also said something that I think is really important um, is getting the drive. Let's say I grew up poor. And I want to provide affordable housing that's clean that I would want my grandmother. I don't have a grandmother, but if I had a grandmother that I'd want her to be able to uh, live there, yeah. right? Is is right. is there if you create that service to other people and you create where you're changing people's lives, that helps you drive forward when you hit that resistance, when you hit that mud, when you hit um, all the people telling you you can't do it. If you have a bigger vision than yourself and, and your self-rewards, and you believe that, depending on your belief system, if you believe that that's your purpose, that the reason God put you on this earth, you'll go through any wall, any resistance. You don't care. You will find a way. It's almost like you're in the zone, right? Yeah. If you have that bigger purpose, whatever comes up, is just part of the yeah. way. And you laugh at it. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. What do you mean? Okay, yeah. a hurricane. Oh, oh okay. Well, right. that sucks. That's going to be no fun for the next year. Wait a minute, year. You know, you and then you lie to yourself. No, it's going to be two months. My house is, gonna, you know, like, but but you hit those yeah. resistance. And what I do is again in my belief system is I believe that means I'm getting close. Right? Is yeah. you know the enemy is going to throw things at me when I'm getting close, whether it's a relationship. Uh, difficulty, whether it's like saying, hey, we're on the right path because that's the enemy's job is to throw stuff and get in my head and I can't do that and I'm not good enough and this and, and we have to fight through that and and man, I, I'm glad there are people out there like you that are showing people how to do that and mm -hmm. I know we have an event coming up uh, where we're going to do a joint event and then we're going to offer mm -hmm. some things after that. I'm really, really excited about. And for people that aren't on the Create Tailwind community, uh, go to your app store, type in Create Tailwind, all one word, and you're going to see some. We're just we're, we're moving forward with this. We're gr growing and growing and growing the content. And I'm super excited that we're going to have some content and some uh, stuff to really serve and help the community from you and your organization and your 30 plus years. I don't know if it's 30, but I, I think it's got to be 30 because I think 
That's, I mean, I feels like nine. <laughs> I understand, <laughs> but that was kind of like my first marriage. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I thought it was in dog years. She, my ex-wife, who I'm really good friends <laughs> with now, but she didn't think that was a funny joke. I said I was married for 28 years, and they would look at me and say, "Well, how is that possible?" And I, I said, "Well, I counted them in dog years. Every year was like." <laughs> uh, yeah. Michael, any famous last words? You gave everybody a great book. I normally ask for a book recommendation. But I'm going to stick with the one that you said, and I have not read that book, so I'm going to uh, get it myself and and read it. But anything to close out the show, or how somebody wants to get a hold of you, get your materials and all that, let's give them all that. We're going to put that in the show notes too. But but tell everybody. Yeah. So um, basically, the, the, what I recommend is it's it's really. Very simple. Make sure you, like you said, have a strong vision, build a tactical plan to accomplish progress this next 12 weeks towards that vision or whatever the time frame you want to use is. And then realize that the work itself is just part of the journey and execute that plan on a daily and weekly basis. And, and you'll end up, you'll surprise yourself how, how much that simple stuff is is powerful. You don't need really complicated and complex stuff because it's hard to maintain. It's hard to implement it. Hard to keep it in your head. The simpler, the better. And and I guarantee you, you if you've heard me talk, you know how simple I am. The twelve week year is super super simple, and it, it's easy for for you to pick up and apply it right out of the book. Um, and I'm looking forward to working with you guys here at Great Tailwind because I think it's going to be a great great process as we go forward. And stay tuned because we're going to be doing some good stuff. Today. Absolutely. You know what I love is we started our conversation before we started the show and you were talking about writing stuff out and I would tell everyone grab a, a journal of some kind, grab a, just a pad of paper. It doesn't matter. Um, I do these things. I use this for a vision, you know, because um, one, because I'm 57 and sometimes I can't see things that are small, but, but my head, <laughs> I want to think big. So, you know what? I want a big canvas. My office, because I'm upgrading everything, as I've said on the show, I'm doing a whole wall in that paint that's a whiteboard. And I th I'm thinking about painting my whole office that way to where I might write something over here. I might write something over here and, 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 you know, like really get that vision, write it out, just write it out, start writing, even if you don't even know what to write. It's kind of like they say when you're journaling to do that, right? But you know what, Michael, I guess we can yep. talk about this all day long because I'm enthusiastic about helping people. You're enthusiastic about helping people. And I've been through your uh, planning process. I think it's excellent. It is simple. But you're asking the questions that are making me create that vision. They're making me move forward. And I think that that's the key in life. Keep moving forward. And, and uh, again, Michael, like I said, thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to wrap it up. When you think about moving forward, it's all about what you're thinking about. And so we're going to end the show like we always do with the incredible words of Earl Nightingale, because whatever you think, you will become. Whatever you think about, that's what's going to happen. So again, Michael, thank you. Thank you. Been fun. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. 
That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.